welcome to Game Off Podcast number 35, where we're going to be talking today about Desperados 3 and the sequel to Super Hot and Super Hot VR, Super Hot Mind Control Delete. Uh, before that, we're going to be talking about the Xbox, you just told me what it was called and I already forgot, Xbox Game Showcase. There <laughs> it is. Got it. Turned that around quick. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew, aka Solitalker, here with the other host, uh, Brent, aka Arcadia. And uh, you want to just jump right into this Xbox Game Showcase? Yeah, sure. Let's you do it. Really nailed that intro, huh? <laughs> Thanks. Oh, yeah. Well, I figure it's it's 90% just attitude and energy and 10% what you say. Oh, okay. Yeah. There it needs to be more head snaps, I think. Yeah. Oh, I was doing them. You just couldn't, you couldn't see them because <sighs> head snaps aren't good for radio. Yeah. The flaw of our uh, medium. <laughs> so uh, Xbox Game Showcase? Yeah, that, that happened today. Yeah, that was we're, we're This is topical. This is quick. We're get we're talking about things the day that they happen. That's new for us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully this will release and <laughs> soon thereafter. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, it, so just the premise of the show. Um, it wasn't any talk about the hardware whatsoever. Um, about half the show was uh, first party games, and the other half was like console exclusives or timed exclusives uh they weren't necessarily clear on that but i think they did say that every game on there on the show was going to be part of game pass um i i think they sort of did themselves a disservice not saying that before because like i think that that just sort of like slaps even harder every time they premiere a game it's like what this is also on game pass it was sort of just like a quick aside at the end of the show it's like Oh yeah, that was all those games are on Game Pass. If you didn't, you know, didn't put that together, it's like, but well, we didn't. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of great game announcements. Uh, anything stick out with you? Well, speaking of the Game Pass thing, I saw the before I saw the announcement because I was watching it delayed. Uh, before I got to the point where they announced State of Decay three. Mm-hmm. I saw the tweet from the Game Pass um, Twitter account saying that State of, Ga- State of Decay, wow, State of Decay 3, Christ, can't get that out, was going to be on Game Pass. And I legitimately believed that State of Decay 3 was a game that had already been released and forgotten about <laughs> and was now just making its way to Game Pass. <laughs> like that was just, oh yeah, that, nah, I probably won't check it out. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard anything about it, so probably not worth looking into. <laughs> yeah, it's a small wonder why you hadn't heard of it. <laughs> but it, it was like, that was my impression of the state of decay. The state <laughs> of that series at this point was like, yeah, they probably did release a third one, and I knew nothing about it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's a franchise that both of us are sort of completely out of touch with. Like, it's just sort of like a. a double a franchise in the xbox uh, ecosystem but i know a lot of people that play a ton of that game and it sells very well so i yeah. guess it's just not for us but it's very popular i played a bit of the first one and it was like i had fun while i was learning about it and then mm. once i understood everything it, it, it was capable of it was like oh okay all right i'm done yeah so i don't actually like these mechanics Goodbye. When, when when there was the possibility that you still had more to show me, I was all in. <laughs> but then I was, oh, that's all. You, okay, that's all right. Cool. I get you. Let's. And that's kind of how I still feel about it. Is uh, like I'm Andy interested to see what else. I, that's that's hundred percent it. Like, you, you, as long as you have more things to show me, I'll, I'll be. I'm there. <laughs> but once I've tasted everything on your menu, it's okay. <laughs> 
So there's other menus down the road I can try. I've, I've had everything here. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I was actually really hyped about is the was that little Fable teaser. Yes. Yeah, the, the Fable teaser really got me. I didn't think they'd actually finally announce, announce it, especially at the very end of the ep- episode, the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a quick CGI trailer. It looked cute, looked great in the vein of Fable. Have you played all the Fable games? Uh, not the one that was i've played all the ones that were fable games <laughs> is, i didn't is, play like the journey or whatever it was called oh, okay I, I didn't know if that was a dig at three or if it was a dig at like <laughs> fable legends and the journey and whatever the, the card game i know okay so i play i played fable one two three fable was fable legends just the 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 remaster of fable one no that Plus, was uh the anniversary edition Okay, I pl- I played that one. I didn't mm. play Legends. I didn't play the Connect one or whatever it was. Yeah, Journey. Yeah. So I played the mainline mainline uh, Fable games. So and I I liked all of them. So what, they all your, their what issues, do you want to see from a, a Fable reboot then? Since you know the franchise pretty well. Um, I. <laughs> what I loved to see with this, as far as I could tell, was that Peter Molyneux had nothing to do with it. <laughs> The and, ideal scenario. Yeah, and, and not because I have something against him. I think he's made some cool games in the past, but just it, it ensures that my expectations of the game will be correct. <laughs> and I, I like the idea that there's a company that... um, who, who, who I can't even remember who the hell was making it. Um, Playground Games. Playground Games, yes. Um, that they, have a, they are used to making a game that has a certain scope and meeting that scope. Mm-hmm. Rather than a very ambitious game that doesn't, that has a lot of systems that don't feel fully fleshed out because they just couldn't get it all done, like yeah. the entire third act of Fable Three. <laughs> so, um, I, I would love to, I would love to see a return to kind of the the roots of Fable One and Two. I loved, especially the early parts of those games where you're young and you're just starting off on your journey, and you're just still like kind of making a name for yourself in the world, getting married, having a kid, all of mm. those moments where you, where you feel like you're just starting off and just becoming slightly powerful. were really, were really fun. And it felt, it was a good way to feel like you really were coming of age in a world, kind of like yeah. very like, um, Ocarina of time, you know, you feel weak and powerless and you slowly feel like you're getting better rather than just being handed the God item and okay, mm-hmm. now you can go defeat the bad guy. So like that kind of stuff I could do without the whole kingdom management stuff at the end of three. That's, you know, that, that was mm-hmm. neat, but it's not necessary. Yes. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point. Cause there's, there's also not a lot of like games where you evolve as a character, like physically, mentally, yes. and like you know, with your along with your gear and stuff, so that's one of the things that's made Fable special. So, yeah, I, I loved the I, gear I thought... leveling system. I, I really hope they stick with that because I, I, yeah. I, I think of I play a lot of RPGs and think I wish this had the same gear leveling that Fable Three had. Yeah, they. Uh... They did a good job of making that game so many elements of the game RPG-esque and not just like, you know, plus strength, plus agility, like that sort of lazy, lazy old school D&D Bukaki. So that was a cool one. Um, hmm. do, you, do you have any thoughts on Fable other than what I've spat out? 
No, yeah, I think uh, as people have noted, it was one of the worst kept uh, secrets in the industry. I think it was <laughs> pretty much uh, confirmed about 50 times and leaked like for the last two years and they just refused to give any sort of announcement. This wasn't even a big announcement. It was just a, like a quick CGI teaser. It's like, it's coming. You know it's coming. We know it's coming. It's coming. Stop talking about it. We can it. all stop pretending like yeah. it's, like we're all like acting like it's, it's kind of, you're very good. You can talk it, about it. Yeah. Yeah. This is a much better state for them to be in. It puts them in like closer to what Sony does where they'll announce a game 15 years before it's ready to be released. But, you know, it, it buys them goodwill as long as they know the game's actually going to come out. Um, which I think Microsoft has gotten dinged on quite a bit, and mm. rightfully so. Yes. But like, I guarantee Fable's going to come out in one form or another, so oh, it's, yeah. it's a safe thing to announce. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of one of their tentpole... I mean, that's their big RPG series, isn't it? Do they have another one? Yeah, I mean, um, I guess Outer Worlds, because technically... Actually, I'm not 100% sure. I'm fairly sure that Obsidian owned the rights to Outer Worlds, so... After the first one, Microsoft will have the publishing rights for it. So, and whatever else Obsidian is working on, their work, actually, not whatever else, we can talk about unavowed or avowed? Unavowed. In a minute. No, it is avowed. Mm. Fuck. Yeah, uh, but pretty much (laughs) just Obsidian and the In Exile games. Those are their big RPG studios. Oh, right, In Exile, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And those are like, those are both like hardcore RPG studios. Like they didn't go out and buy like, like, you know, um, I don't know, like actually they might buy like WB games. I'm, I'm sort of thinking like RPG light games, like right. Shadows of Mordor. Uh, they, they bought like two of the most hardcore RPG studios in the world. That's because they're for real gamers, bro. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. yeah. I, I I saw someone reference today's showcase as the gray hairs talk about games. <laughs> like, well, that's that's mean, but true. Yeah. There's definitely a, a mood that goes through a lot of these games. Yeah. In a, in not, not necessarily themes, but atmosphere, an aura that runs through all of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did skip over Halo Infinite. Yeah. Um, Oh, I, I wasn't going in any specific order. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's but... probably a good thing, good idea to do, though. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk about Halo Infinite. Yeah, Halo Infinite. I think is, I personally am much more excited now after seeing the gameplay trailer, hmm. um, especially sort of after Five was sort of disappointing for me on all fronts. Like, I know it's very popular multiplayer, but I personally liked Halo 4 a lot more than that. And even before that, I liked Halo 3, or Halo Reach was probably like the pinnacle of the series for me personally. So this looks more like the Halo that I love than the previous iteration. So much more excited now seeing gameplay. Are you much of a Halo guy? Um, That was... traditionally a console game up until recently so i don't know how much you dabbled with it so i played one and two and three on xbox and i played one on pc when that came out and then you know we were uh, abandoned for a (laughs) while on pc forsaken Uh, yeah forsaken that's the term i was looking for thank you uh and then Late years, years later, actually last year when they did the Master Chief Collection, mm. 
I went and I played, I want to say it was Reach, through maybe two-thirds of that. And it, they're fine. I, I'm not... I have a lot of fond memories of Halo, but it's it's something that in my mind exists in the past. Just because yeah. it's very much something that I, pl- I played then. Yeah. Like, I, like, like a Madden game. Like, <laughs> not, to, not to say that, you know, all of the baggage that comes with those games, but just like, I played Madden in high school and college. Mm-hmm. Those, that, that was a game I played then. I don't really play Madden anymore. Yeah, no, that's that's completely fair. I think that's one of the things that it should have gotten more shit for was that that people wanted it to always be the same Halo and not sort of iterate on itself as much as it needed to iterate. Like, it's mm. definitely felt like a game that was stuck in the past. Like, uh, just making the game prettier or slapping in an open world I don't think would have been enough for this game to survive. Like, it's... it. it literally like the soul of the franchise is at stake with this game because like it's just been so long since there was like a a lot of fanfare around a halo game so it's interesting that they finally decided to add a lot of new stuff like change change just how the game flows and progresses with like with the open world but also add like the grappling grappling hook hook. yeah they're, most of the guns they showed in that trailer were brand new. I think they only showed like two old guns, and then you had like eight or nine new guns. They had he was throwing down shields. Uh, the turret wasn't necessarily new, but there was. I was surprised at how much they added, as opposed to you know, the typical like here's two new guns that we put in the game, but also. By virtue of that, we've also removed two guns that we didn't like from the last <laughs> game. But those the those the game guns we removed for the two guns we added in the previous game. So it's like it's just like re- replacing a band aid every every release for Halo instead of actually like you know fixing the arm that is right. You know, it has necrosis. <laughs> so yeah, I'll I'll check it out if uh, if they say you know if it comes out and it gets good reviews I'll, and it's on Game Pass, I'll check it out. Mm. Yeah, they they said it would be on game, but yeah, um, that was the there was a uh, just a little side note. There was an interesting thing that the Washington Post wrote in their write up of the the whole thing. I'm sorry, not the mm. Washington Post, the Verge. Um, that they noted that a number of the first party titles were not listed with Xbox One support or smart delivery, hmm. and so that either Microsoft screwed up with their presentation title cards <laughs> on some but not all of their first party titles um, that six of the games aren't actually arriving until two years after launch which was that that promised window of backwards compatibility yeah or that they're just reneging already and six of these games aren't going to be backwards compatible <laughs> that that would be interesting to see because they did make a I don't know if they made the hullabaloo, but there was a hullabaloo about all of these games, you know, holding back the Series X games, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I know there was one big game that, like, clearly said it was just Series X. Um, which which games were they? The uh, Of the ones that we've already mentioned, Fable, State of Decay 3, Avowed, and then Forza Motorsport, As Dusk Falls, and Everwild. Hmm. And I didn't notice it when I was watching it, but the, I was reading a, a wrap-up on The Verge, and they made that point. And I thought, oh, yeah, that, that is interesting. That Because it could have easily just been those presentation cards were not well put together. Yeah. 
No, that's definitely interesting. Um, I don't want to speculate, but I would say that it wouldn't be good if they <laughs> if they went back on the thing they just said they were going to do like four weeks ago. Yeah, that would be a pretty quick turnaround to, yeah. to <laughs> done that thing. But yeah. uh, but that's you know that's not necessarily there's no concrete thing there. That was just a weird thing that someone noticed. Mm-hmm. So um. Forza Motorsport, how'd that look for you? I know you've got more experience with the Forza series than I do. Ooh, child. Well, it's it's <laughs> definitely interesting that that's it's not going to be a launch game. So that means that not only have they had like an extra year to build this game, but also more than that, I guess, because there's no no release date announced or no. Uh, I think they did say 2021, so that means it's going to miss the launch window. They're going to get even more time to work on this game. Um, I assume it's going to be a lot like Motorsport 4, where they had to basically rebuild uh, the entire game for the new consoles. Um, so maybe that's what they're up to. But God dang, did it look pretty. Oh, I mean, but that's that's what they do. That's Forza. That is, is a pretty looking game. Yeah, that, that engine is built to be shown off. For sure. Cars look sharp. People look sharp. Landscapes look sharp. Uh, I could gush about the game all day. Also, one one of the things that <laughs> one one thing worth noting is that gush about the game all day, followed by a five second silence, is just <laughs> wonderful. I will continue gushing about the game. You cannot stop me. No, I was going to say one of the. I I don't know if both consoles are doing this, but they did say that the Xbox peripherals are going to be forward compatible so I can still use the, my racing wheel setup for the from the Xbox One for oh. that game. So that saves me $300. So, you know, yeah. big shout out there. <laughs> uh, and then uh, also among those ones that I had mentioned previously, did you have any thoughts on uh, As Dusk Falls or Everwild? Everwild looks interesting. I think this is one of those situations like... Uh, like stray from the Sony conference, like wow, this looks really cool. I don't know what this game is at all. <laughs> like I still, I have no understanding of what it is. Like, is uh, is four playable characters? Is I what? I have no concept of what this game is. Did you pick up on anything? Well, I mean, that I can talk could be about considered it. gameplay. Oh, gameplay? No, no. Well, like what? How? What the game is? Like how? Like I can tell you a no, little bit about the story, right? It's very whimsical. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you did you pick up on the whimsy? I noticed some whimsy I sure there. Did. That that, sure that did. whimsy rendering that the Series X has. <laughs> there there's Just, definitely like a a rare quality to the game. Like it almost feels like Sea of Thieves, but it's definitely not or it doesn't even like aesthetically look like it, but it sort of feels like it. I mean, just make a new Viva Piñata, you cowards. <laughs> like this, this is uh, this is the time for it. Stardew Valley sold Gangbusters, Animal Crossings going through the roof. There's like 15 other games that I see out there. Slime Rancher was hugely successful. Slime Rancher, Ooblets just had a early access release that is doing phenomenally well. Yeah, like just make a fucking Viva Pinata, you cowards! What is <laughs> wrong with you? I didn't get those games but also i don't play any of the games you mentioned so that's that's just for you i hope they do yeah. make one for you if not i, I won't shut it here i appreciate that because um like it's it's not easy for me being someone who uh who loves those kind of games and doesn't get to play them <laughs> too often 
you know, they don't make a lot of them. And in the last couple of years, they've made a lot of these very low key farming games and mm. ranching games. And oh, it's great. <laughs> the golden age of farming. <laughs> it's it's just nice to not own, not have just Harvest Moon and Farmville. Like it's, <laughs> I, I feel better with with that knowledge. Farmville. <laughs> that's quite the alternative fucking farm bill what did you think of uh, tell me why so that's a game they announced previously with gameplay so that wasn't anything new it was pretty much just a release date and more of the story um, I mean I, I like all the don't nod games so I'm definitely excited to play that Okay. do you have any any reaction to that one no no hot takes on that one unfortunately <laughs> Oh, you know what? Actually, I, d- I did want to make one comment about um, the Washington Post. Going back mm-hmm. to a game we talked about, Fable. Uh, in the Washington Post article wrapping up the showcase, they referred to Fable as the closest thing we had to a Monty Python game. <laughs> and because I have no actual platform with which to make any kind of statements, I'm going to use this podcast here to point out to the Washington Post that there were several Monty Python games. <laughs> but this is closer right this is even closer than the monty python games themselves <laughs> but there, there was a meaning of life game there was a holy grail game there was a flying circus game i think it was even a flash game in the two like there were several monty python games <laughs> so just i just wanted to make sure that that got out there in some capacity Here's, here's the thing that's special about games journalism that's different from uh, <laughs> real journalism. No, sorry, yep. I'm not, not going to go no, no, along that's, this that's line. Fair. Me. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's a lot of lazy uh, game journalists out there. There's there's some real good ones, but then there's people that don't do any fucking research. Yeah. And especially on like uh, an industry that the average person takes takes a greater interest in than say like pharmaceuticals or something like you have more fact checkers than not on a given day so i don't know why you wouldn't just do a quick fucking google search and you know prove yourself wrong takes two seconds yeah takes two seconds guys uh mr oh miss elise favis and gene park wow so they didn't even fact check each other nah very disappointing So when when was the last Monty Python game that came out? Oh God, at least twenty years. It's been a while. I I got them from a Babbage's back in the early nineties. So it's Babbage's. Those were close before I was born. I'm pretty sure. Ah, oh, Babbage's was great. They they were <laughs> Babbage's and Funcoland were the best names in all of games purchasing. <laughs> I can't speak to whether or not they were better stores. I was a child, but but. Telling my dad I wanted to go to Babbage's or Funko Land felt very exciting. <laughs> hey, what'd you think about Crossfire X? Uh, I still don't care about <laughs> that game. Uh, I know Remedy's working on the port. It it already is a game called Crossfire in China and maybe Korea. Um, it just is a shooter. I from what I understand, and it's popular. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to translate to the American fan base. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's just sh- shooty cool boys. I'm a little worried that Remedy will end up in a respawn situation where they'll just now be supporting this Crossfire X game going forward, and that will be what their job is from now on. Mm. And I'm like, but that's you didn't need Remedy for that. <laughs> that's not a good use of their talents, and they're, they're not. Yeah. 
They're not to make multiplayer shooters. That's not what they're here for. <laughs> well, they'll have the, the inevitable brain drain, and then suddenly you'll be Lionhead getting shut down. Just the, These publishers need to stop buying sushi restaurants and demanding they put burgers on the menu. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Just fucking let them do what they're good at or leave them alone. I will say the sushi burgers are excellent. So. Sushi check, burger. Check me. Yes. You, that's okay. Fine. 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 <laughs> Checkmate, Andy. There's the dough. How about Senua's Saga Hellblade 2? Thoughts? Um, the setting seems really cool because the, the first one essentially takes place in hell. So it's pretty intense. The difference. I, you know, I don't. Was this it clear? Was if Iceland, it was, right? Yeah. I don't know if it was taking place in Iceland or they were just doing all their location scouting in Iceland. They probably were clear about it, but I just have forgotten at this point. Either way, that's a really cool environment. It'll be interesting to see how they deal with like the desolation of like a volcanic island in a video game. It's like definitely an environment I'm not used to seeing. Well, what what did you think about the game? I'd never played um, Hellblade. I, I was one of those ones that I regret not playing because I heard nothing but good things about it. Mm. Um, but it looked really cool, and I- I'm excited to hopefully, maybe when this one comes out, it'll inspire me to play both of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I sort of hope they do away with the, the permadeath mechanic from the mm. first one. Uh, so that That's stressful. <laughs> yeah. It, if you're, like, just running around hyper-tense all the time, you're just going to make mistakes. Although that was kind of in keeping with the theme and and uh, underlying tone about like mental health and anxiety from the first one, wasn't it? Yes, it yes. No, like with that. Thematically, it works perfectly. I like they did a great job. As personally, I don't want to deal with that. It's too stressful. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? Any any other any other hot takes? Did you think anything I, about? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no. The I think the biggest. Surprises today was avowed. I think that was the only time I actually shot shouted out loud. Obsidian had like quite a show today. First, they had already announced they were working on DLC for Outer Worlds, and then Grounded has been doing really well in early access apparently. Mm. And then they premiered Avowed with a CG trailer that looks like I heard someone refer to it as uh, Doctor Strange in Skyrim, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> um, but it. It looked excellent, and I can't wait to see what this game looks like in engine. Yeah, that could be really fun. And they put out consistently good games. Exactly. Uh, someone had said uh, that it might, it probably takes place in the Pillars of Eternity uh, world. So now, because of that trailer, I'm more interested than ever in actually getting around to playing Pillars of Eternity which I may very well do after my current game. Did you have any thoughts about that uh, Warhammer Vermintide but in space? Yeah, that that was the thought. It's like, oh, that's Vermintide but in space. <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> did, did you play Vermintide at all? No, but I, I knew it was Left for Dead but in Warhammer. <laughs> yep. And, and more frustrating because it was only melee weapons, essentially. Like oh, you gross. had range, but it was mostly melee you were dealing with. <laughs> they Warhammer must just give like such an exact budget, and they're like, "What can you do with this?" And they're like, "I don't know. We could make Left for Dead, but with just like the melee weapons." And they're like, "Yeah, do that." And they're like, oh, "Seriously, you want that game?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's fine." Like, 
So they like they have an allotment for like 20 games a year, and they're just like, do, do that, do that. We we haven't made our quota, but it's maybe the team is worked up, like they have the the game built out already, and they're just like, change the aesthetic, add guns, 40k. What's up, baby? <laughs> It, it does seem to be, like, one of the most abused licenses in all of gaming. Like, just... Games yeah. Workshop... May, maybe it's kind of like Stephen, uh, Stephen King with his dollar... Uh, you know, his dollar book licensing for, like, small student projects. <laughs> like, yeah. anyone can call up Warhammer. But look, I got an idea for, like, a turn-based tactical farming sim. Uh, I want to use Space Marines. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. Go nuts. Sure. Sure. In fact, we'll give you thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, this is, this is great. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, I mean, like, there's definitely like, there not many of the games that come out under the Warhammer banner are like exceptionally good games. Like, there's a couple of good games, there's a couple of great games, there's a couple of okay games, and the rest are just sort of fucking mediocre. Yeah. So. Yeah, if, if I was just breaking into the games industry, they probably would be the first people I, I call up. It's like, hey, I really want to learn how to make this genre, but I don't want to ruin the IP that I want to work on for the rest of my career. Can I use Warhammer? <laughs> Fucking do it, baby. Can I make a Blood Bowl match three puzzler? Yeah. Yeah, oh, that sick. sounds great. Go nuts. <laughs> You'd have a lot of shapes. Get the footballs, the yeah. goalposts, the blood. There you go. <laughs> You have no idea about Blood Bowl, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> it's a football game, I thought. Yeah, it is. It is. I oh, tried to learn it like go. twice, and I just... One of those ones where you, you're, you're playing through the tutorial, and the second tutorial ends, you realize none of that sunk in. I still don't <laughs> understand what this game is or how to play. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of Devil May Cry. <laughs> it's like, wait, what did you just tell me? It's like, oh, you just got to do the 12-hit combo like this. And it just shows like a quick gif or something. You're like, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's try that. Is, oh, is I'm dead. Press X 12 times? <laughs> no. Fucking better I, be. I, don't, I don't think I'm going to get it. I don't think I'm going <laughs> to get it, guys. I'm not 13 anymore. I can't spend four hours learning this one combo. Unless it's going to one-shot every boss in the game. <laughs> and even then, I, I probably won't. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think that covers all... There There were other games, but I think most of them... Uh, one of the more interesting things was Stalker 2. I don't know much about that franchise, but there was actually quite a lot of hype after that announced. Uh, do you have a take on that? I thought I, I played a little bit of Stalker 1, and I had thought that Stalker 2 had been announced and then like kind of went dead. Ah. So maybe that's what the excitement was, that like everyone thought that game was dead and never going to happen. <laughs> and now, surprise, here it is. So, so the Dead Island 2 effect. <laughs> Just yeah. checking in once every four years. Like, yeah, it'll come. Really? Huh. Right, well, good good for you guys. The other one that actually didn't surprise me, because I already knew about it, but just, like, the Psychonauts 2 stuff with Jack Black was just so on the nose Yeah. for, <laughs> for Double Fine. Yeah. I don't really have much of a reaction beyond that, but just, like, I saw, like, oh, yeah, of, of course Jack Black's doing music. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be surprised if, if he wasn't. Okay. I, I thought that that was maybe one of the most frustrating trailers I've ever watched, because 
I thought that the game actually looked really cool, and I, for the first time, have interest in the Psychonauts series, mm-hmm. but it kept cutting away to Harry Jack Black standing in a studio singing, and I was like, you're, you're like, taking me out of this every, like, five seconds. Like, I... I will, like, just just make a fucking trailer for the game that looks as good. Like put all that gameplay and remove Jack Black. Like the audio is fine. I don't know why you need to cut to Jack Black standing still with like a wide a wide shot of him singing in a studio. <laughs> because, so stupid. Because Double Fine can't just do anything normal. Just make a game and then release the game and then be done with the game. <laughs> Don't do anything weird. Just make and release a game. Yes, but they're the quirky studio. Yeah, but like, they're like quirky in an extremely okay for corporate way. (laughs) It's it's like Urkel quirky. Yeah. (laughs) Big Bang Theory quirky. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's always so wacky, but like in a way that doesn't upset shareholders. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that, that is correct <laughs> perfect analysis that's uh, all i got for the event anything anything you got anything yeah you no that's, that's that's that covers it pretty much uh i i would i would check it out it's like an hour-long showcase i mean we just covered everything but you know i feel like getting hyped about video games like even if we we dig on these every once in a while like i love just watching new games get premiered so yeah 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 I'll, they said another event's coming soon. People are rumoring an expo or an August event to announce the prices and release dates. Um, we'll see about that, I guess. Ubisoft Forward's doing their next one in September, apparently. I don't know no, why they didn't. Ubisoft, that's it that company that has ago. been recently uh, alleged to have numerous and uh, lengthy history of abuse of employees. That's that company, right? Yeah, nonstop, okay. and I'll, and I'll, the one that also for a decades called women not marketable. <laughs> <laughs> Fucks. Okay, I just want to make sure that we're talking about the same Ubisoft. Okay, good. Yeah, that's that's them. Okay, they're they seem chill. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, do you want next on the docket? Do you want to tell us about Desperados Three? Yeah. Why the fuck not? Desperados Three. Um, Desperados three. Howdy, y'all. I, Let me get in I saw I saw Desperado. I saw Once Upon a Time in Mexico. This is the third one, right? Yes. Okay. okay. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's the sequel to Cooper's Revenge from two thousand and six, and the original Desperado is from two thousand two. I think this was one of those properties that. THQ bought in, uh, bought in a bargain bin, and everyone was like, why are you buying all these? And they've turned it into a fan-fucking-tastic game, I'm glad to announce. Holy shit. So I'm going to start this off by apologizing to Me, Me, Me Studios for not ever playing Shadow Tactics, because I always had an interest in it, but I never got around to playing it. After playing Desperados 3, I'm such deep regret for not playing that game because they're (laughs) very, very similar. And I will explain what the game is now because it is, again, right down my fucking alley. Desperados 3 is an isometric stealth action game, so you only have the one perspective at any time. And you sort of have options between 
doing mis- missions stealthily and doing them just, you know, guns a-blazing. Doesn't always work out guns a-blazing because you have, like, ammo limitations, but um, you have five unique characters. The game sort of introduces them to you slowly. There's not many missions where you have all five characters that you're using at the same time, so it makes it a little bit more manageable because, obviously, when you're doing, like, a stealth game, you can't manage five people at the same time stealthily. Right, right. It just wouldn't fucking work. So... It'll typically... Now, I'm sorry if you already said, is it all real-time action? It it is real-time action, but you can do the showdown mode to, like, plan out your attacks, so... Okay. So you can essentially pause the game on most of the difficulties, on the the absolute highest difficulties, called Desperados, creatively. Um, You cannot pause it under any situation, so... And I must say, that makes it very, very challenging, because... There are so many times where you just need to, like, walk in between these two fucking guards, like, execute this other guy as a guard is turning away from the other guard, and you have to do it, like, quietly enough so no one in the area hears, while also your three buddies are executing people across the yard so that they, those, because they had vision of the guy, like, they need to be killed off so they don't have vision, but at any given time, there's always someone that has vision on one of the guards along the chain Mm -hmm. so a big part of it is like the problem solving mechanics of the game and I think they sort of refer to this as a problem solving game because that's essentially what you're doing is like finding where like the the thread unwinds this whole sort of nightmare chain of guards just everywhere almost almost like a hitman game yes yeah I would definitely recommend this to people who like hitman but maybe don't care so much about like the 3d action portion of it um this this is a bit more pensive of a game i feel because you get that top-down perspective Mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah once you find that thread or sometimes there just isn't that thread you can pull um and that's when you have to utilize the showdowns i mentioned where you pause time and like set the actions for you know all like two to five people so that you can make sure that nobody sees you killing a bunch of guards it's it has such a surprising um sort of gameplay loop where anytime you do actually kill just one guard and any mission can have like a hundred guards but every time you kill one and like properly hide the body it's like the most satisfying thing. It's just like, I cannot believe I got away with that. Are you shitting me? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, um, that's pretty much the gameplay loop is like you figuring out a way to get into an an area. You don't necessarily have to kill everyone. Um, In some sections, you absolutely do have to kill everyone. There's no way to do it. And then in some sections, you could just walk by everyone, pickpocket a letter, and continue on your merry fucking way. Are the, are the missions connected with an overarching story, or is it just a, a mission-based game? Yes. Yep. There's so there's three chapters in the game. They all take place in different settings. By settings, I mean, like, states, I guess. They're not all in the same map. So you'll have, like, I think it's six, five or six missions per chapter. It starts off in Colorado. You're, get your, how did that game start? You're doing something. You meet up with your buddy, you're tracking down a bro, you track him down to another place, but I, I don't want to give everything anything away because it sort of plays out 
Um, it, it, I shouldn't say there's twists. It, it plays out really well and slowly throughout the game. So anything I say would be a spoiler. But there okay, is like this fair. classic Western story where you're looking for someone. And the game's not clear even as to why you're looking for them until, you know, halfway through the game. And I should also say the main character is, uh, or the primary character is this guy named Cooper, who's a very traditional cowboy style guy. He has like three abilities, which is like distract with a coin, throw a dagger, which is like a silent kill from a distance. Obviously, if someone sees a dagger going to the di- another dude's skull, it's not exactly silent. That, that's a that's a dead giveaway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's cool to deal with like a sound aspect and a visual aspect to the self. And yeah, um, yeah there's there's five characters, like I said. They all have unique uh, play styles. Very, very, very different between them. Everything from, you know, distracting with a pretty later lady to mind control with the voodoo girl. So you get, you get a really wide array of uh, play styles with the characters. Is anything carried over from mission to mission? Like, is there a unlock or progression system or anything like that that you're going from thing to thing or is it just like kind of like hitman like here is what you're dealing with here's what you have at your disposal everything else is the same as it ever was uh yeah it's exactly like that it's uh you start a new mission and if you you don't even start with like a disguise so um kate would be the female who has that ability to you know distract guards with her looks you first need to find like a disguise in the area um, and so every, every time you go into a new zone, it's like, okay, where's the disguise? Like, how do I, how do I blend in, in this specific environment? And they do a really good job with that. Um, in a lot of other minor details because it'll be a different disguise in each zone. So it doesn't feel like tedious. It's like, oh, why didn't she just keep the fucking, the shirt from last time? Like, this is stupid. It's like, <laughs> it's like, no, you're, you're going into a brothel. So she needs to look like a bit of a, you know, uh, she, she needs to look uh, a done up, let's say. Um, or if you're going into like very, a very tasteful language there. Yes. <laughs> um, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of nice touches like that that sort of justify some of like the repetitive qualities to the game. Okay. I will also shout out while I'm on the topic. There's a lot of like one of my favorite things about the game is like the dialogue can change dramatically from mission to mission. There's one mission where you, everyone like. Like, you, you went out celebrating at the end of the previous mission, and then you wake up hungover, and, be, like, your team is just scattered across the town, like, just trashed on, like, a random bench or, like, on top of a water tower. And you have to, you just have to, like, wrangle them all up and get get out of the town before you get in trouble. Um, and so all the, the dialogue changes from, like, you know, Kate will be distracting somebody. She'll typically be like, hey, sugar, like, how are you doing? And so instead she'll be like, I'm sorry if I look tired. Like, it was a bit of a rough night. <laughs> and, like, all the characters will change all their dialogues from, like, when you switch to them, it'll typically be like, I'm ready to go. And then in this mission they'll be like, oh, I need some water. <laughs> it's, it, they really took their time and, like, made this, like, a really immersive, thoughtful game. It's surprising because I've heard two people talking about it. Mm-hmm. And what both of them say, you, you included, that they've described it as if this was like a big triple a release but I, i've not seen a lot of coverage of it no it's it's sad almost i 
happened to watch a trailer for it. Like, I think I was just trolling through, like, one of the console's game stores. And I'm like, what is this game? Like, I've never heard of Desperados 1 or 2. And after doing research, good reason why. Yeah, they did not do well for mine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know. But it's just been a dormant franchise for 14 years. So click on it, watch the trailer. I'm like, this doesn't look like anything I've ever seen. Like, it had, like, like the sort of the aesthetic of some of the more some of the recent isometric RPGs like Pillars of Eternity or oh fuck, what's the other one Divinity yep yeah and I like I was like I just haven't like in the Wild West setting I was like I haven't seen anything like this so I'm gonna keep my eye on it and yeah just I don't I didn't I'd never heard of Mimi Me Studios I looked back Shadow Tactics again a game I had heard a lot of good things about I didn't even know what it was really I just heard it was really good I thought it was like a proper tactics game but after playing this and watching the trailer i was like oh i get it that's such a cool idea i cannot believe i haven't played that game where were you playing it on xbox one x how are the uh console controls for that they can be a bit cumbersome uh it was one of the one of the dings i will give the game because you're dealing with five different characters it's really quick to hit like you have to like cycle through the characters Instead of, you know, hitting like one, two, three, four, five or however it's key bound on PC, ah. you'll have to be like, like right bumper, right bumper, right bumper. And then you're on the right character or you do like the hold down right bumper select. Either way, when you again, when you have like the, all five characters, it becomes suddenly super easy to just accidentally move somebody out of a bush and into a, a line of vision on a guard. So it's it's a tricky setup on console. Um, I would say. Maybe check it out on PC, especially if that's your primary system. Um, it's not bad on console at all. Like, I, I love this game. I'm having a blast with it on console, but there's a few frustrating moments where, because it's on console, it causes me some added irritation. How long does it seem to be? It's sort of hard to say because I was like blowing through it on normal because I never played again a game like this, and then I switched to hard, and suddenly like my gameplay time like quadrupled so it really <laughs> depends um i've probably sunk in close to 30 20 30 hours into the game oh, that's pretty good so i'm i'm but i'm also like 70 percent of the way through it i'm pretty far along still um still that's pretty good yeah that's a good amount of time so if you played on easy this could very easily be like a 12 15 hour experience but also i i would highly recommend playing it on like normal or hard because it's like so satisfying you, you you do have time to figure out what to do it's not like a, a first person shooter where if it's on hard you die after two hits it's just like it's just more of the game and you just have to it, you get harder puzzles essentially right right now oh shit i just had a question for i don't remember what it was oh there's one thing I don't think you mentioned, um, and that is a feature that happens after you beat a mission. That sounded really cool to me. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to prompt you here so you can jump in and say it naturally. Do you want to do that? or After you finish a mission, it just it the, goes to the mission select screen. Oh, no, the, the I, I was thinking of it. Maybe I, I, I don't have the right spot, but the kind of like overhead map replay of your mission. Oh, yes, that is actually incredibly cool. This was this was what when someone sent me a gif, it like, okay, I have to try this game out now. Yeah. I love that. So 
you go do you talk about it yeah because it was like when i started on hard i stopped watching it because like my gameplay time just like turned from you know 30 45 minutes to like two to four hours so i was like i'm not gonna watch this whole thing anymore but yeah the first few missions i like sat and watched and i was like oh yeah that was a crazy part it's like oh wow i can't believe i got away with that like it's so cool it's like it's literally the exact same map uh, that you just went through, but it just pans out all the way. And then you see everybody's little dots. And then you see, like, the lines you're taking as you're killing them, how you're killing them. And it's... And you have the independent lines for your teammates. It's it's very cool to get, like, that recap. It's, it makes it all the more satisfying. Stuff like that in games sells me on it more than like, that, I think that was what also sold me originally on the idea of Super Meat Boy Yeah, was watching that final recap of <laughs> all of your clones running the level at the same time at the same time yeah <laughs> watch 500 of them get mulched by the exact same blades like wow I'm terrible at this game there was a racing game that did that as well I don't remember which one it was hmm. well, might have been one of the track manias maybe well, a lot of racing games have like ghosts that you can just turn on to Oh yeah, but this was like a, a um, this was like a twenty or thirty at once that you were driving against. Hmm. That I, like it was more than I'd ever seen. Yeah. Well, that sounds really cool. Is there anything that like, I I'm definitely this was on my list of stuff that to check out in the near future, but this is now essentially top of my list to check out in the near future because it's everything I've heard from you and from one of the person has made it sound phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I'd just add that like. Even though it's not a huge AAA drop, um, or maybe because it's not a trip, giant AAA drop, people will see the $60 price tag and maybe balk at it because it's a franchise I've never heard. But my God, like, the game is there. Like, this, it's such a tight experience. It's There's so much value um, lengthwise, experience-wise, quality-wise. Like, don't balk at the $60 price just because it's... Uh, smaller dev studio and a lesser known franchise i will say also i didn't really get a chance to shout out how beautiful and vibrant the set designs are um you go to places that are just like the mountains in colorado small western towns new orleans like it's just unbelievable how like beautiful and colorful all these environments are that you can just pan out and look around on the map at any given time and just like just gasp in awe. See, that sounds really cool. That sounds like something I got to get. Yeah. Yes. I cannot recommend this game enough. My God, I'm so happy. I took a chance on this one. I downloaded the trial first after, after a 60 minute trial, I was like, I cannot fathom a world without this game. I can't stop. <laughs> Paid 60 bucks on the spot and kept playing. Can you continue your progress from the demo? Yeah, yeah. On, on Xbox, you can because it's like it's a trial, not a demo. So you get. Oh, OK. So, yeah, there's a cool system that nobody seems to use where you can just download the full game. It'll tell you you have 60 minutes to play the full game. Get as far as you can. And at the end of the 60 minutes, it's like time's up, bud. The game's closing unless you pay for it. Like, OK, <laughs> I paid for it. You got me. Well played. See, that that's something that I've never heard of. I did not know Xbox allowed that. That's a good system. So it's a great system. Some games have like ten hour trials. It's like, wow, you really you really want me to get into this, huh? What game what game would let you do that? Like was it Dragon Quest or something? If you have EA access, it they're all like ten hour trials or something like that. So when I had EA access, oh, I would always 
just played 10 hours of the new whatever game. And it was like, like, this is usually enough. <laughs> but in, in rare cases, like <laughs> Titanfall, I would, or Need for Speed games, I'd chuck out. But like Battlefront, I never paid for because I played 10 hours of that and my friends all stopped playing it. So it was like, okay, <laughs> glad I didn't pay 60 yeah, bucks that, for that. That's about as much as you need. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's 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 Desperados three. Please check it out. Highly recommended. It's uh, it's gonna get ranked very well very soon. Shall we talk about? Why am I blanking on the game you played? Uh, well, actually, I still want to talk more about 1995's Desperado, directed by Roger Rodri- Robert Rodriguez. Can we talk about that instead? Oh sure, I haven't seen that movie since I was eight. So good luck. Really? Oh man, it holds up so well. I would definitely recommend rewatching that movie. Yeah. That's really good. That's uh, that's the sequel to Once Upon a Time in Mexico, right? Uh, the other way around. So Rodriguez did Mariachi, El Mariachi, oh, like on his own, I believe, in Mexico. And that was the one that he funded for like $300. Oh. And his mom was craft services, one of those kind of movies. <laughs> and then they, made, then they made the sequel in the United States for like $7 million. He had Salma Hayek. He had Antonio Banderas. He had Steve Buscemi, Danny Trejo. Phenomenal film. And then like, I think, 2003 maybe they did Once Upon a Time in Mexico and that one added Johnny Depp and uh, I want to say Enrique Iglesias okay <laughs> I think I think they were both weird. popular at the time checks out Desperado holds out really well oh. um, just and it feels like a very 90s movie it's awesome are they Go. are they good watching out of sync since they have non-consecutive oh, names yeah. I, I would just watch Desperado I think that's the best of the three okay you don't you don't need to know any of the any of the stuff going into it. You don't need to know anything that happens after. Okay. Better on its own. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. Two go watch, two Desperado, Desperado recommendations. <laughs> one yeah, one episode. Exactly. Look at that. You're getting your money's worth here, people. <laughs> it's it's uncanny. So I guess I can talk about super hot mind control delete. That's the one. Please yeah, do. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar with the Super Hot series, it's kind of a semi-tactical first-person shooter. I mean, I guess it's tactics. I don't really know what your puzzle solve I don't know. I don't know what you'd call the genre, but the general premise is that time doesn't move unless you're moving. So you're in a room full of people who want to kill you, and you're surrounded with guns and other objects that you can throw and hit people with, but no one's moving until you move. And even, like, moving your cursor around to, to look around the room moves time forward in kind of slow motion. And then once you start moving forward, you pick up an ashtray, you throw it at someone's head, then time starts moving at normal speed, but then you can stop and and do things. And this allows for some really cool mechanics of, and I mean, talk about a game that makes you feel like John Wick way more than that John Wick game from last year did, (laughs) because you can basically punch a guy, make him drop the gun that he's carrying, then grab that gun, shoot two people in the head with it, throw it at a third guy, grab a bottle off of a table, smash someone over the head with it, take a dart out of a dartboard, throw it into someone's face. Like All of this happening in this really smooth feeling thing because you have this time to look around and see what's around you and to grab a katana and throw it directly through someone's head. Because you have the time to aim up your shots and your throws. And you feel really badass while you're playing this game. Yeah. And Super Hot, the original, had this and it also had this very interesting meta storyline about 
I, I don't really know. I didn't really understand what the storyline was, but it definitely was a, kind of a meta about game like, about games. Yeah, there's something about like hacking minds, and I think that's yeah, maybe VR, yeah. maybe the Matrix kind of you're in the computer thing. Yeah, I didn't really get it. It was a lot of fun. I played the shit out of <laughs> out of uh, and Andy skips cutscenes. Yeah, oh yeah, I don't listen to music. I don't read dialogue. I don't play cuts. If your game has story or music, I'm not interested. <laughs> Andy just does everything through his power glove. Hundred <laughs> percent. I just, I just want to play the modern equivalent of an arcade game. I want to put in a quarter, and it needs to be about an eighth of a second until I'm in the game playing. <laughs> That's it. Just quarter in. All right, let's go. <laughs> so. One of the more interesting things um, about the franchise is the aesthetic. Um, you didn't mention the aesthetic, yes. so I want you to do that. But I, also, did they change anything? Uh, in the aesthetic or in general? In, in the aesthetic. In the aesthetic, no. So the general aesthetic of the game is it's it's very low poly. You know, it kind of ha- people are made out of very obvious polygons. Um, but on top of that, everything is one of three colors. The environment and everything that you can't interact with is white, with shadows and shading. Um, all of the enemies are red, and all of the objects that you can interact with are black or like a dark gray. So everything pops, and you know immediately what things you can and can't interact with, mm. and what things you can grab and throw at people, beat people over the head with, smash, all that other stuff. That has not changed at all. That still looks as cool and it sells this idea of you being in this kind of virtual world where you can be a super badass. Yeah. And it makes it very easy to focus on what you should be focusing on in this game. Mm-hmm. There's cool environments. There's like kind of, a, you know, these, each of these levels has secrets to find and explore, but here are the, th- here are the, the threats to you right now. They are immediately visible. Yes. That's see, I'll have a quick aside here. And that, that's one of the problems with like, the more beautiful games get, like the harder it is to see things, which makes it, especially when you're interacting with the world and the environment. So you sort of really appreciate when there's that just fierce contrast. It's like, I don't need to look around. Like I see a, like a black ashtray, whether I can utilize it or not is one, another question. Right. But like, I can see it so clearly. Yeah. There's, there's no moments where you're looking at things like, is that something I can touch? Yeah. Is that a box I can explore? Is that ammo that I haven't picked? Like, no, that, everything is very clear. It, everything's purpose and intention is very clear yeah. all the time, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Thank you for, for bringing that out. Yeah. I was, I was going to say too, um, like, I, I don't know why I always have this problem in games, but I was really pleased with, the. Uh, Desperados because it literally highlights everything you can interact with if you just hit a single button it's just like oh I, I don't know where I can hide this body it's like oh there's a white outline around this door like perfect like I think we need to see more of that going forward because it like really hinders gameplay when you get confused about your environment and have to like look really close onto really like detailed screens oh especially as, as uh, more environments like they start putting things you know there isn't this idea of like here is a cabinet you can open and here are just decorative cabinets yeah. and, or like exactly. here's a cabinet you can interact with and it just shows you what's inside of it. Yeah. Like you have to start actually searching. Like that's really cool and immersive, but also um, that was a problem I actually had with some of like the Wolfenstein, the more recent Wolfenstein games, as much as I love them, 
like trying to find ammo and health hidden among the environment took me out of the run and gun playing so much because you spend so much of your time staring at your feet trying to find and interact (laughs) with items yeah yeah shadow warrior that i played one chapter of recently too did a really poor job of that where like every fifth cabinet would be interactable and you would only know when you ran up to it and put your fucking forehead against it and we're like talk to me cabinet do you have any goodies (laughs) please reveal your secrets to me (laughs) yeah but i mean like we saw like even 10 years ago like like uncharted had those like yellow painted ladders and shit like it looks stupid in the environment it's like who's painting all these yellow but you're ultimately grateful to know where the fuck you can climb and stuff like that but i think there's just more organic ways to do that and every single game needs to adopt some form of that but total tangent let's get back to your game yep yeah so that that that's the well that's the general idea of what super hot was uh they made a vr version which is supposedly fantastic i've not played it but i've i've I know people who have played it regular in VR, and they've said that VR feels even better than the original. Oh, I have I have feedback here. I I am a proud owner of Super Hot VR. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy the original game that much. I liked it. I thought it was cool. That that's like the perfect VR game, though. Oh my god, <laughs> it's made for VR. It makes so much that's, sense. That's what I've heard. Everyone who's played VR and told me has said it, it's. It just whatever you liked about Superhot is just better in VR. It's, it's that's like the killer app for me for VR. Like I would recommend that game to people if they were interested in VR. I haven't played any other game that's popular that I thought was worthy of like selling an entire VR system, but that game is so great. Check that out. Superhot Mind Control Delete is their latest entry into this franchise and it's kind of a roguelike kind of Mm. kind of a random dungeon crawler kind of Mm. the way it it works is rather than having a story that you progress through it kind of has this map that you're moving around on and unlocking new nodes on and each node that you select is made up of a random selection of some number of maps that exist in their, you know, uh, repertoire of maps. And there's a lab, there's a garage, there's a parking garage, there's a, I don't know, a bunch of other ones, uh, a chapel, all these different things. And each one is about the size of a larger level in the original Superhot. And you have to survive in it for some period of time basically just killing a number of guys in that. And then you move on to the next one in this node. And so you, you'll have to defeat, you know, anywhere from like three to maybe 20 maps to defeat a node. And, you know, have that clear on the map. As you go through and after each map, or after each level you do within this node, there is the chance that you will be allowed to select an upgrade that only applies for this node. And the upgrade can be things like your, you know, the rate of fire in your gun is better. You have more ammo. You throw things harder and faster. You run faster. Things like that. General, you know, roguelike type upgrades. And those only are only applied to you during that node. And then when you go to the next node, it resets all of your upgrades and you start that one over again. Does that, does that make sense the way I described it? Not 
really? So when you leave the <laughs> node, does do all of those buffs go away? Yes, the buffs only exist for that run of that node. And if you die during that node, the, the node resets. And it's a whole new so, random selection of levels. So you have to rerun nodes over and over again? How do you get the buffs? The buffs all only apply during the node. So, like... I, I'm trying to think of a way, a way to describe it. <laughs> like, each node is, a, is defined by you're going to, in this node, play eight maps. Oh, okay. And... And then in and throughout those maps, you'll get three buffs, and that's that's kind of like your playlist of maps and buffs that you're going to get. So is, and it, if is you it just can, like modify random modifiers, or do you earn them throughout the eight maps? As um, there, so in between certain, so if you have those eight maps, you might get three opportunities, you know, in between maps to select a modifier, okay. and you'll get to choose one of two modifiers each time. Okay. So it'll give you a pair, you can choose them. And as you're unlocking more nodes, you're unlocking more modifiers that go into the pool for the next time you go into a node. Cool. So you start off with, you know, 10 that you could possibly have. And then I'm I'm on, I think, the fourth floor. I don't know if they're even called floors, but the fourth set of nodes. And I think I'm out up to like 20 or 25 potential modifiers plus three or four like they have these idea of baseline modifiers that like when you select to play the node, okay, I'm going to start and I'm going to start with just more base health or I'm going to start, but I now have this ability throughout the whole node where I can charge at people. Hmm. It's kind of weird, um, but it works. And because the maps are so quick to play, it's, you know, like a minute or two to do each one. It doesn't feel as repetitive, the fact that you're playing the same 20 maps over and over again. Especially as, like, you can spawn in one of eight places on each map, and the enemies spawn in randomly, and there's different types of enemies, and the enemies get progressively harder. You don't as much feel the, I've played this map 60 times already today. Yeah. You know, kind of like when you'd play like Counter Strike or something. You know, the the rounds are so quick that you don't really care that this is the third time you're playing Office. Yeah, right. That's interesting. So yeah, it, it, it's well done. So when you say you see a lot of the same maps, is it always like the same starting point, or does it like procedurally generate anything on the map? Like, do you appear at a different point and then it sets enemies at random spots? Anything like that? You you start off at one of, I think they're they're predetermined. They seem to be predetermined. You know, one of eight different spots that you can start on each map, at Ooh. random, and the items on the map are in predetermined locations. But the enemies, you know, there's like three or four doors that enemies can come in, and the enemies come in from the doors at random, and the enemies are holding different weapons and of uh, random weapons and are of random type. Okay. So there is a, a decent amount of variation, but you will learn these maps and you will learn what item, because each map has like items that are unique to only it. So you're like, there's one that you're in a, um, in a, in a painter's art studio. And so there are certain painting related items that only exist there. And so as you're learning a map, you learn, okay, I can't stab someone in the face with a paintbrush. It doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> it just breaks. 
So you, you kind of learn those, those uh, parts of it and, okay. and that strategy for each one. And that's it. You just keep going through those and keep uh, playing and unlocking nodes. So as someone who has played a decent amount of the first one, didn't beat it, you're not selling me on this game. Can you think of any way? Could you sell me on this? Can you think of any way to sell me on this? Or would you not bother? It, you know, it's tough because and one of the things that's worth mentioning is this game was free if you owned the original. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a very weird proposition. Because I would have bought it. But also, I think I like it more than I would have had I bought it. Mm. Yeah, it's that's that's sort of what it sounds like. It's just an experiment that they had, and they decided to release, um, and they weren't confident enough in like its selling power, I guess. And that maybe they'll just make some money on the side, but they wanted to, you know, just get it out there. Yeah, it's there's a lot of new stuff in it. The modifiers and the new items and the new playstyles do add a lot to the game, but lacking the story and lacking linear levels, it also feels like you lost something. Right. Because a lot of the levels in, in Super Hot 1 were linear. You were trying to get from one end to the other. I guess. And this doesn't have any of that. So, yeah, I could probably summarize how I think about the game pretty easily. And it's, could this not have just been a new mode or X pack on the base game? Yeah, probably this could have been an X pack. It feels like an X pack because the engine's the same. Presumably the the graphics are the same. It uses a lot of the same assets. Yeah. Or, but there is a lot here. There is a lot to do in it. I'm trying to think of something I can compare it to. Yeah. Yeah, I I have to imagine that it was just like they they hoped the momentum of a new release would sell more, but they didn't want to, you know, screw original owners that would see this as sort of nothing more than a title update, because that's sort of the vibe I get. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been very well reviewed. Mm. Um, I've not seen anyone really complaining about it but it, it's it is just kind of like it, an update of the endless mode that they had back in super hot yeah it's a lot of fun and i was someone who nearly 100 percented super hot and was still desperate for more super hot hmm. so get, getting this is great but it also isn't, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's very hard to figure out how I feel about it Yeah, because everything's really tight and it, it, it's all more of what I wanted, but is it, what's, what's the actual price tag on this? I don't even know. It was 15. No, 25, 25, oh. 25 is too much money for this. Well, there you go. That's a, yeah, that's a value it, problem for sure, then. Yeah, I think 25 bucks is too much for this game. 
I don't even know that I would say like if you've never played super hot, this is the one to get. Right. You're you're still getting I, just I think, super hot, but a different mode. I think if if you'd never played super hot and were looking to play super hot, you know, barring the VR version, which I've never played and so I can't speak to, um, I I think I'd tell you to buy super hot one. Okay. Yeah, that, I think that's the the core of what I wanted to get to. So Super Hot One is still the quintessential non VR Super Hot experience. Yeah, I think so. I I think that's where I'm at. I I'm not a hundred percent sure. As I'm saying it out loud, I'm also like trying to understand what I believe. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, a, it's a deep question. Faith is a complicated topic. It is. It is, and I I think that's correct. I think that's my my belief system right now. Is Super <laughs> Hot One is better. Okay, so yeah, it's not Question not like mark. an additive sequel. It's just just different. Yeah, it's it's an X pack. It's a new game mode and a new X pack. Yeah. Interesting that this exists. It's, it's not unprecedented, but not common at all by any means. Right. Hmm. So, any any final thoughts on Super? No, it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it, but I got it for free. So that fucks with everything. It sure like does. That, that breaks the value proposition aspect of it. I guess I've covered a lot of Game Pass games, which have essentially been free for me. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it adds that much. It's nice, but also like I've paid for Kakarot and Desperados, and those are two of my favorite games this year. So... Eh, maybe it doesn't add as much as we think. You know, I think it's the problem is that the second that you pay for it, there's now a question of its value. Mm. Whereas, like, I can just enjoy this and, and a lot of the Game Pass games as just what is this game like? What what do I like about this game? Why is it yeah. fun? Whereas, like, the ones I pay sixty dollars for, it's like, well, it's. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Is, is that is that really a sixty dollar game? <laughs> and especially when I look at it, I'm like you know, I, I got Children of Morta for free, and I put yeah. like thirty hours into that. I, you know, I I played a lot of games on Game Pass for for essentially. I got Outer Worlds for fucking five dollars a month. <laughs> I, I I think we are onto something here. We should probably just at least put it in the context of how much it is, not necessarily like how much we paid for it, and then just force yeah. ourselves to ask the question. Like, would would I have paid any money for, like, moving out or unreliable delivery service? Like, no, absolutely not. Like, but <laughs> but I would absolutely pay $6 over again for Kakarot or Desperados 3. So, yeah, so $25 you've already established, not worth that money. What would you say the price point on this game is? I think that this is a fun $10 to $15 game. Okay. I think if you can get it in that ballpark you're in a better place i think you'll be happier with your purchase okay. uh, especially if you've played super hot before if you've already played super hot one but somehow didn't get this for free because of i don't know some kind of reason <laughs> anti-masters um, anti yeah because of anti-maskers like yeah i've deflated since i started talking about this sorry man <laughs> no it's just you you made me made me can confront a lot of hard truths well yeah I'll, th that was like most of what I've, i was curious about the game is like 
the existential question of why this game and what this game and who this game. So, yeah. Sorry if those were draining questions, but I definitely got the answers I was looking for. <laughs> and you broke me, which you were looking to do as well, so. <laughs> yes. I've also captured your spirit in a Pokeball. Yeah. I'll summon you at a later time, bitch. Now, careful, you're not the first to lay claim to it. There's a long line. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Ready, ready to, uh, yeah, rank let's, some shit? let's rank these bad boys. Where do you, where do you think uh, super hot mind, mind control delete? Mind control delete. I, I'm thinking this is going to hit number six above Animal Crossing, Elderborn, which I every time I look at this list, I think, oh shit, <laughs> Elderborn. God, <laughs> that game. <laughs> every time I look at this list, that pops back into my head. Um, so right below, below Streets of Rage 4 and right above, above Doom, Doom Eternal. Eternal. So six yep. out of nine. So that's, I mean, there's good games on this list. Yep. Respectable. Yeah. Still top 10. Still top 10. <laughs> you cannot take that away from okay. it. Okay. I, I'm going to place Desperados 3. And I know this is going to blow your mind. Right at number fucking one above Gears Tactics and Dragon Ball Kakarot. So, Yes. This That's is the fantastic. best absolute new release game I've played this year. And by that, I mean I've also played Persona 5 Royal, which is just like a super edition of Persona 5, which came out four years ago. <laughs> and that's also great, but doesn't qualify. Desperados 3, best new game of the year for me in going into July. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I forgot to do a oh, message from our sponsor. It's never too late. Never too late. Um, okay, so again, message from our sponsor. Let's suppose that you're writing a really important email to a colleague or a post on Facebook that all of your friends will see or a paper for your English class that you have to get an A on or a resume for your dream job or a message to your crush on a dating site. The point is that you write important things each and every day and whether you're an English professor or an English learner, we could all use a second pair of eyes to help us make sure that we're putting our best foot forward. <laughs> Enter Slotsy, a dice game made by me. Slotsy is a fun dice game that you could play instead of doing all of those things that I just listed off to you. Slotsy does not help you with your grammar or improve word choice, but it is good for playing dice games. It's a fun game that's kind of like Slingo and kind of like Yahtzee that you could play, and best of all, it's free. Better writing, better results. Click the link in the description to download Slotsy now. Thank you to our sponsor, Slotsy. <laughs> Well, if you'd like to sponsor the Game Off podcast, <laughs> please email us at whatever our email address is. You can get a more serious version of what Andy just said, or you can get one of our <laughs> patented deadpan Game Off sponsor messages. Thank you for your money. Please call me. <laughs> I think that wraps up Game Off number 30. I sure, I sure hope so. Five? 35 let's do 35 uh thanks for listening guys check us out on social media check us out on there's no opposite to that you can check us out on in real life yeah shit uh check us out in real life show up at my house without a mask and yeah. cough in my face you know whatever it is people yeah. are doing these if you get days. a telescope and park across the street from where i live you can probably see my tushy once or twice a day the house across the street from me is for sale so you could just go like move in there 
and just be like a permanent, really creepy fan <laughs> of the Game Off podcast. Literally like showing up every day and asking me what I'm playing, getting getting advanced <laughs> info. Uh, you can also check me out on Twitter. I'm at Solitalker, like solitaire, but talker, if you squish them together to make one awkward word. Oh, and I'm Arcadia, uh, A-R-K-E-Y-D-I-A, on mainly just Twitter. Bye. Goodbye, nice people. Thank you for downloading Sloxy. Thank you.